this amazing country and we are going to take it forward. I thank you all very much for the incredible honor that you have just done me. I will work flat out from now on. That's Boris Johnson, the new prime minister of Great Britain, who is Trump-like in that just my read of it, from reading lots of articles and watching him, it is similar to Trump. A lot of people uh, didn't take him seriously throughout his entire rise. It was kind of a joke when he became mayor of London. Oh, my God, can you believe this actually happened? Oh, yeah, the Benny Hill music starts whenever you mention Bojo. We're trying to figure out what's causing that. We don't know what it is. but <laughs> Some sort of flaw in our uh, computers. Algorithm-based. But he'd be, people kind of thought it was just kind of a joke and a fluke and funny that he ended up mayor. Now he's prime minister. Sure, colorful, entertaining guy, a populist, no doubt. but Says things that politicians don't say. Lives a lifestyle out loud that politicians don't live. Lots right, of girlfriends. Similarities. Yeah, hair thing. Oh, with uh, Trump? Yeah. Girlfriends yeah. drinking, that sort of stuff for yeah. Bojo, and, uh, and he survives. You know, he reminds me of a little bit is that Rob Johnson, was that the mayor of Toronto? Big old fat, right? Coke snorting, you know, Molson swilling. Ended up dying, didn't he? <laughs> did he die? I think he might. Yeah, have I think he did. I think he had a massive stroke or something like that, which mm. takes some of the fun out of it. But uh, Rob Joe Ford, Ford, that's right. You know, Winston Churchill was uh, a bit of a joke when he returned to power. He was a hard drinker. He was, you know, a smoker of cigars and a, a user of foul language and grumpy and the rest of it. Uh, Bojo could be. A smashing success. Or it could just end poorly. I'll be interested to see it unfold. I'll tell you this, he's a hell of a lot more interesting than old Teresa May, who, she could not get a pulse. That woman was boring. Two out of five Americans say their career success... So, 40%. Two out of five Americans say their career success is uh, thanks to one of their favorite teachers. 77% 77% of people say they had a favorite teacher, and one-third have never thanked them and wish they did. I'd be in that category. Wow, I don't know what percentage of uh, my little success to uh, to credit several teachers for, but it's a significant percentage. I've never thought about it that way, but it just in terms of teachers I liked and I think made my life better and education better, I certainly have a couple. It's also hard when you're in the moment of being taught by the teacher to realize how impactful they will be once you are a professional decades That's later. That's true. In terms of the thanking them at the time. Well, right, yeah. You don't, you don't know. Yeah, at the time you probably think... Uh, mine specifically was a, a teacher who was notoriously impossible to get good grades at. All the good students hated this teacher because right. he would not just give them an A. Because right. he would be, you know... Uh, but I loved it because he challenged, taught me how to think, critical thinking, debate stuff... But uh, but yeah, at the time he was just a, it was a pain. But now right. I realize how great he was. Got to get an A, which of course is about grade point average, of course, which is about getting to a college, which which increasingly is a waste of time. The whole college thing oh, is terrible. screwing up the country. Right. High right. schools that just are dedicated to being the high school that gets the most kids into the right college. Right. We're actually talking about moving to a different school district to get into a school district that is less focused on that. I, I live in a I don't school think district. That's a terrible idea. At I all. live in a school district where people pay a lot of money to live in it 
because it's a school that does focus on getting into the right colleges, and I think that's stupid. Well, it's obsessive, too. It becomes incredibly unhealthy and corrosive, and I'm all for achievement and learning and the rest of it. Of course. Those aren't the same thing. It flows downward as well as upward. I've I've told the story before of a young lady I know may have been the valedictorian of a very, very competitive high school and couldn't get into UC Berkeley. This girl is brilliant. Brilliant, charming, extracurriculars, the rest of her, they had no place for her. So these kids are just driven, they're terrified of getting a B. Because you've got to be in the, like, super, you know, for some reason I have that idiot Top Gun movie in my, you've got to be like a test pilot, Top Gun, rock star, <laughs> academic. Volleyball playing. Oiled t- up. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm a power lifter. I'm a, I'm a, well, no, you've got to be. Oiled up. <laughs> Let's see, I'm a certified super genius. I have a perfect GPA. I'm a power lifter and a ballet dancer. I played both boys baseball and girls softball. I was the president of the debate team and served as the principal of my own high school for three of the four years I attended. You might get into your school of choice as long as you're not white. So, I mean, it's just, it's become, and then you add the expense to it. Well, then, and then. God, it's like, it's, it's like it's an an experiment to see how crazy people can get. And and how much they'll put up with. And that's if you want to be on that career path of trying to get into that college in the first place. Which is not a good idea for everybody. It might not even be a good idea for most people. Yeah. I got a text yesterday from a, from from a buddy of mine who works for a, uh, I won't even, I won't even hint at it because I don't want to get him in trouble. Mm. But anyway, he came up in the trades and he said, said, man, you get into the trades, you could make $200,000 a year and live anywhere you want to in this country with the with the overtime that they pay oh, now. Oh, like a tradesman, a yeah, plumber, a carpenter. Yeah, a welder, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And and the idea that so many school districts have eliminated any of the shop classes, uh, you know, any of that small engine, any of that, gotten rid of all that because it's all about the college path and getting into the best university, which you take on a bunch of debt and get a degree that can't get you anywhere. I, I don't right. understand what we're doing. Academics are running academics. Yeah, that's was, exactly right. Yeah. I was yeah. a member of the final auto shop class that was offered at my high school, and I was in the 97, I think. Yeah, that's, God, that's, that's incredible. astounding. That's, you know, uh, auto shop, but, you know, that uh, yeah. Uh, make you know turn that into a, a more applicable skill these days because cars are so computerized you can't hardly work on them. But uh, the, but the point remains. Well, yeah, yeah, clearly, yeah. It's it's absolutely it's it's so frustrating. And then you see you hear a, a news report, a feature on college debt or or what have you, and they never address any of this stuff for the skyrocketing cost, and they blame it on well uh, cut back in uh, government funding. It's oh my god. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I really don't. So, uh, got oh, off on... oh, that's right. I knew I had something I wanted to say. Uh, jot this down, my friends. If your parents, uh, if your kid particularly is bright, competitive, they're on the achiever track. Two two books you and your kids have to be uh, familiar with. Number one, The Secret Lives of Overachievers, fabulous book. Mm. And secondly, Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be. Is it's about Dr. the Seuss? Obs- no. Shut up. It'll be. It, it's about the, the obsession for getting into the right college, unless you're going to go like super giant law firm track or super giant Wall Street track with your life. That would be a half of one percent of a country. It doesn't matter. Go somewhere you're going to be stimulated and challenged, and don't go somewhere where you 
you struggle every single second to survive. You're not going to get leadership opportunities and, and fully explore college if you're desperate to just not flunk out. It's ridiculous. So uh, got away from the uh, main topic, which there wasn't a lot to, just the stats that most people had a favorite teacher or a couple of favorite teachers throughout their lives that, that they feel like really had an effect. Yeah. And uh, and wish that they had at some point thanked them. I wish I do. I know I think I know one is dead and uh, I think one might still be alive. I should try to get a hold of him. Um, but in my case, and I tell my kids this, in my case, every one of my favorite teachers was the teacher they warned about you grades before you even got there. Oh, wait till you get Mr. or Mrs. What's their name? Oh, they're, they're so mean. Oh, they're mean and hard and tough and cruel and so much homework. And they right. always ended up being my favorite teachers. Yeah, I, I would say with the possible ex- exception of the teacher who recognized that I was being abused at home or the teacher who was gay and I could talk to about being gay. With those exceptions, every single teacher, everybody says they're the best. They help shape me. They're demanding. Without question, they're demanding. Wow, how is that true? Every, every parent that an adult looked back on and say, I owe it to my mom and dad, blah, blah, blah. It's because they were demanding. Not because they were soft and indulgent and gave you stuff. It's because they were demanding. People rise to the expectations you put before them, as long as they're not, you know, lunatic. Uh, well, the worst thing, well, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but, but so you got the couple of teachers that stand out. Now, how many teachers have I had in my life? I don't know. 32. Uh, prior to, well, including college, actually. But how many teachers have I had in my life? I don't know. But there's like two or three that stand out out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Then there'd be a couple that stand out for awfulness. Yes. But then you got that great chunk in the middle that you don't even remember existed. If somebody showed you a picture and gave your name, you might not even... No, you took Spanish from her for two years. <laughs> you might not really? even remember them. I wonder, I wonder where that ranks on the... Because uh, that's, that's kind of sad also. There's also sexiness, but... <laughs> oh, Michael. Michael, Michael. I mean, there's we're talking about forming characters and challenging people, and you're hot for teacher over there, Van Halen. There's one teacher. The only thing I remember about her is she. It was the class right before lunch. I'm probably in fifth or sixth grade, and uh, she fell asleep every day. The teacher <laughs> fell asleep reading the newspaper. So <gasps> at the end of class, it'd be like you know quiet reading time or whatever, which ended up being quiet reading time for her reading newspaper, and she'd always doze off. And she was an old woman. Now I'm a child, so she might have been 48. Take <laughs> <laughs> now. But I think she actually was an old woman, and she would fall asleep every day. And then one day, a bunch of the smart Alex. Oh no. Uh, and because I'm the kind of guy I am, I didn't participate. But a whole bunch of people got up and left. Yeah. Because she fell asleep every single day, and most people left. And there were like three of us who stayed behind because I'm a rules follower. Yeah. Um. But uh, <laughs> I just got up and left and went to lunch early. Now, was this, was <laughs> That's this... the only thing I remember about that teacher. I don't remember anything about her other than she fell asleep. So I'm sorry. Was this high school? No, fifth or sixth grade. Fifth or sixth grade. So she was like the teacher, or was it? I guess that's around when you start having different classes, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't just have one teacher all day. Right. Do you remember what class it was? No, I don't. There's fell nothing, asleep every... nothing I remember about it except she would fall asleep and everybody left one day. Wow. <laughs> that's tenure at work right there. Uh, how many jobs are there where you can fall asleep regularly? I don't know if this happens anymore. All my kids' teachers have been pretty young. Um, when I was a kid, a lot of the teachers were really old. And just seemed like they were to the point where they hated children and yes. didn't want to be teachers so anymore. So would you. Um, <laughs> well, I have talked to some, oh my gosh, look at the time. I've talked to some uh, uh, teachers who've been in the the uh, profession for a number of years, 
and they say the whole uh, hierarchy, regulations, regimented state testing thing has driven them out yeah, of that's teaching. True. So that may be part of the lack yeah. of more yeah. uh, seasoned teachers. Yeah. You lost a lot of good teachers by uh, making it impossible it, for them to do their it's job. It's like being a doctor. So it's hellish right now. People are quitting. We're doing a little poll on our Twitter about how much of the um, uh, Mueller report coverage you want tomorrow. I suppose we could uh, hit that, among other things. Uh, yeah, and what tone, Hanson? I think you've uh, designed the uh, the Twitter poll to reflect that as well. Uh, among other things, including Marshall's News, not too far off on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This weekend was the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. It's crazy, only 12 people have ever set foot on the moon, and nobody's been there since 1972. So it's basically the J.C. Penny of space. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty you know, good. No, I, I saw that punchline coming. I, I I knew it'd be something like that. That was good. That's that was pretty good. good. Uh, before we discuss, and he didn't ruin it by Before we discuss discussing Mueller, uh, one headline that's out today is that Trump may replace John Bolton as his national security advisor. He's not happy with him. Thinks mm. Bolton is too hawkish. Yes, and looking for wars. You know, yeah, I knew that was an odd couple when it formed. You know, he likes the uh, the tough guy persona. Trump does, obviously, but he's a he's a non-interventionist. Yes, yep. And he sent Ron Rand Paul is now his guy to try to negotiate something with Iran. And Rand Paul wow. is as non-interventiony as you can get, which is interesting. Wow, diplomacy wise, that sends a really interesting signal to Iran. I'm intrigued by that. He probably lo- loves having it both ways, and it's probably a good idea. Iran knows there's somebody very close to the top that'd love to bomb the hell out of us. Right. If it was all Rand Pauls, they'd have no fear. Right. Yeah. We need them to have a little fear. Yeah. 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 Well, and we ought to play, I don't know, I hate to steal Marshall's thing, but we have the. Um, we have him about, yeah, you want to play Trump 5, just because we haven't played that yet today? Kind of sure. If we wanted to fight a war in Afghanistan and win it, I could win that war in a week. I just don't want to kill 10 million people. So, you know, that's... Wow. Some, wow. I don't know Good. if that was a message for Iran or, or, or not, talking about Afghanistan and how we could uh, win it in a week, but we'd kill 10 million people. I don't think so. that would win it in a week. Anyway, honestly, but... Uh. Um, it's the graveyard of empires, for the for heaven's sake. You know, that nickname should have been a warning. <laughs> uh, so tomorrow, Robert Mueller of the Mueller Report is going to sit down in front of a couple of committees, both House committees, Intelligence and Judicial, run by Democrats, and they're going to try to drill down on the whole... Trump obstruction Russia thing. Here, here's the deal I'll make. <laughs> I'll pay attention. This is Jack's opening offer. I'll pay attention to it and talk to it again because we've been through, we've been, we've been, we've been down this road a number of times. Ah, uh, yes. But I'll do it one more time. But if there ain't nothing tomorrow, <laughs> do you promise me it's over? 
No. Sir, are you asking me for the answer is no. Are you, you promised me we're done talking about obstruction of justice was, in Russia. Was, was it Trump? over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> no, it's not over. CNN's got to put something on their crappy, crappy air. How dare you? How's the Twitter poll going uh, at A&G Show? Our question is, on Wednesday, how much Mueller testimony coverage do you want to hear on the Armstrong and Getty Show? Do you want to hear wall-to-wall snark? Just a smattering, or none, you fools. Well, that's that's you. you those choices don't answer the question. Well, the <laughs> winner, some of them the don't. winner currently is just a smattering at almost half. Well, it depends entirely. Well, listen, uh, I have a pretty good idea. It's going to be a, a, an absolute nothing burger because, uh, A, the kind of guy Mueller is, and B, the information coming out of the Justice Department. This was such an interesting maneuver, and I didn't get it at the time. Mueller said, yeah, I'll testify, but you got to subpoena me. He said, I'm happy to come, but you got to subpoena me. And so they did, which now makes him, in effect, it, it, it puts the same constraints on him as if he was currently a Justice Department employee. So he has to... Observe the what you can't mm. say of a Justice Department employee. And I can give you a little more detail on that next half hour just because it's pretty interesting. But the bottom line of it is... So if he was a private citizen, he could go beyond the report. Yeah, he could say anything he wanted, essentially. Um, unless, you know, there's some sort of post-service confidentiality I don't understand. But, yeah, it, what he can say and not say is pretty severely restricted. We'll have to get into that. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we've got the new British PM, Boris Johnson. Hello. Proud and certainly undaunted. Venezuela claims the U.S. has launched an attack on them. And NASA pointing out to space a celestial event tomorrow. Coming oh, up. Boy, it's not a buck full uh, possum moon or something, is it? <laughs> Quit with the fake moons already. <laughs> Same moon's always been in the sky. Quit naming it. Armstrong and Getty. Is China oppressing our movies, including Top Gun? China. More on that coming up. I've been reading through the New Yorker article about Al Franken that's getting a fair amount of attention in political circles about how he was, they now feel like unfairly run out of town. Yep. <laughs> Which he probably was. I mean, he's a, he a clown and everything, but yeah, yeah. I thought so at the time. I mean, you know, walking up to a sleeping woman, honk. You know, over her breasts. Well, she, it's dumb. It's just dumb. It doesn't make you a rapist. It makes you dumb. <laughs> it did at that point in time. Yeah. Everybody uh, virtue signaling to, to the extreme. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, former London Mayor Boris Johnson is going to be the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom after being elected leader of the Conservative Party today. Johnson brimming with confidence about his party and finalizing the Brexit exit. I read in my Financial Times this morning that there no incoming leader, no incoming leader has ever faced such a daunting set of circumstances, it said. Well, I look at you this morning and I ask myself, do you look daunted? Do you feel daunted? I don't think, I don't think you look remotely daunted. And I think that we know that we can do it and that the people of this country are trusting in us to do it, and we know that we will do it. He, um, uh, he's, he's, got a, he's got a tough situation, not talking about the Iran thing, which is a tough situation, no. but 
the whole Brexit deal. Uh, is is there is there a win there? Or no matter who is prime minister, when it happens, are you just going to be run out of office in misery? I guess we'll see. Yes, that second one. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially because uh, old Theresa May, for all her uh, uh, faults, although she seems like quite an intelligent and serious woman, uh, the uh, Parliament is, uh, yes, you must uh, find us a deal for, uh, for the Brexit. You need to work that out. And every single conceivable, uh, conceivable deal she brought to them was rejected. Hmm. Everything from the most uh, harsh, we're out, F you, to long, tortured, slow withdrawal with many deals made and negotiations. In the, uh, no, no to that one, too. And so, yeah, good luck, Bojo. Right. So he's a rich kid, went to uh, went to your finest schools, Eaton. got into journalism, was a snarky, funny, um, bomb-chucking journalist, then ends up mayor of London. Most people considered it a joke from what I read on this side of the pond. But, you know, enough people took him seriously to elect him mayor of London. And now he's going to be a prime minister with his uh, drinking and womanizing and uh, smart aleck comments. But, you know... Doesn't mean he couldn't be a great prime minister. I don't know anything about that. I have a feeling that uh, there are similar biases uh, among British journalists as there are uh, Americans. Oh, sure. Johnson's going to be taking over formally as the prime minister tomorrow afternoon. Meanwhile, President Trump did take He has to go to the Queen and ask her permission, which I just can't believe they go through that ridiculousness. Please. President Trump took to Twitter shortly after Johnson's election as leader of the conservative party, predicting, quote, he will be great. End of quote. Got a further escalation of tensions with Iran. 17 Iranian nationals arrested on charges they were spying for the CIA. When asked about that development on Monday, President Trump said, I read a report today about uh, CIA. That's totally a false story. That's another lie. They put out propaganda. They put out lies. And the president says the possibility of now making a deal with Iran is getting tougher and tougher. If they want to make a deal... It's, it's frankly, it's getting harder for me to want to make a deal with Iran because they behave very badly. You know, Bojo does that have a, that on his plate, uh, starting with the uh, first moment yep. at the desk. That might be the first conversation he has with anybody. Is how do we handle the whole Iran? They're taking our ship, blah, blah, blah. Thing. Right. Venezuela's socialist government is blaming a nationwide blackout on an electromagnetic attack against the nation's hydroelectric system. Alternate explanation, your hapless socialist clowns. <laughs> the communications minister... I need to call more people clowns. That's a good insight. That is a good one. <laughs> the, communications, <laughs> the communications minister reading a statement broadcast on social media in which he said authorities were working to restore service as quickly as possible. Authorities attributing an almost week-long outage across Venezuela in March to a U.S.-sponsored electromagnetic attack on the source of around 80% of the nation's power, they're claiming another attack is ongoing. <laughs> and I'm betting nobody buys that in Venezuela. They know better. May I jump in with some breaking news? Yes. Breaking news. So for news. some reason, uh, FBI Director Ray is speaking to a Senate group run by the Judicial Committee, run by uh, Lindsey Graham, and just told Lindsey Graham, I would say there is no country that poses a more severe counterintelligence threat to this country right now than China. Oh, clearly true. Clearly true, but I love the yeah. drilling down on the side of China. Right? When are... is the business community going to catch up with the reality of what China is an enemy of this country? I was just going to say, and we have a, a little feature coming up about China's influence on American movies now, but 
uh, as there are dollars to be made, and you've got, say, in academia, these ridiculous utopian ideas about uh, what is and isn't racism or bigotry or whatever, we're just absolutely opening our doors to our most aggressive counterintelligence uh, opponent. Um, China is spying and subverting and screwing us as hard as they can. And they're an evil they're regime. Inviting them in. Oh, they torture people. They terrible. kill people. They have they have gulags. Right. I mean, they're 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 terrible. I've got a story out of Silicon Valley that was just astounding. You know, I could tell it now. I'll, I'll find it. But here here it is. There's these geeks. They're in charge of yeah. cybersecurity. This has become kind of a big thing in in uh, Silicon Valley. And they designed a poster, you know, to pump up their their um, uh, morale and enthusiasm and the rest of it. And it's got a bit of a Monty Python theme, and it it shows there's uh, Vlad Putin riding a shark. There's a cobra with a flag of of North Korea on there because they're constantly trying to hack our corporations and our government. Right. And there's a panda with a cape. Um, of the communist Chinese flag trying to climb into the castle. And their theme is uh, uh, none shall pass. They're the guys who block hacking attempts, right? Well, their company made them take down the poster because some people thought that the Chinese flag on there was bigoted against Chinese people. And to suggest that Chinese people are trying to hack, that that's offensive to some people. Has there ever been a softer, dumber nation when it comes to understanding you're under attack, it's just amazing. Hmm. All right, my friends, tomorrow you might want to check out the skies because NASA claims three asteroids will be passing very close to Earth on Wednesday. The largest... How close? Like close enough to touch? Well, like 150 yards. Like I'll feel the wind mess up my hair? One of them is uh, nearly 400 feet wide, traveling at more, more than 42,000 miles an hour, expected to miss the planet by a mere 220,000 miles. The second rock further out, missing Earth by 3 million so miles. So about as far away as the moon, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually. The final asteroid expected to come as close as 600,000 miles from the planet. All three supposedly will be visible if you've got the right kind of viewing equipment, a telescope. One, I heard one report saying you might be able to see one of them with binoculars again. So we'll check it out. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So to pay this off quickly, in the Top Gun movie, if you remember this movie from the 80s, and you might not. Um, Tom Cruise, the uh, the fighter pilot, wore this cool leather bomber jacket that had a bunch of patches on the back. And some of the patches on the back were uh, the, 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 the flag of the country of Taiwan and the Japanese flag. Well, for some reason in the remake of the movie, it's a nostalgia movie, so he goes to his locker and gets out his old jacket. Right. So, oh, so, yes. so, so, <laughs> so 50-something women will get all teary-eyed and, and moist, I guess, over revisiting their feelings of Tom Cruise from the 80s or something. I don't know. But anyway, he gets out his jacket and puts it on, and those patches look similar, but they're different. They're just kind of nonsensical shapes kind of similar to, but they're definitely definitely not the flag of Taiwan and the flag of Japan anymore. Mm. And, and why might that be? Some believe that Tencent, which backed the Top Gun uh, movie being remade and is a Chinese company, said, nah, we better not do that. No, they said there's no freaking way you're putting the Taiwan flag on there because there is no Chinese company that's not affiliated with the Chinese communist government. 
And China so they said, not, you're not glorifying Taiwan. And China believes Taiwan is part of China. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a rogue it, province. And Tencent is a giant Chinese company. They they are uh, one of these kind of umbrella things that have their fingers in many different sorts of things. So uh, it's both not important movie and... It's both, <laughs> <laughs> it's both not important and important at the same time. It yeah. doesn't matter oh. what's on freaking Tom Cruise's jacket and Top Gun. Right. But uh, China being powerful enough to take a, a beloved American movie and say, nah, we land that with that one, we, we, we don't like. Yeah. Now, Tencent, it sounds like you're, you're mentioning a rapper who's 20% as good as 50 cent. <laughs> yeah. How's how that spelled? Exactly as you'd think. T-E-N-C-E-N-T. Tencent. Yes. So these are, uh, you know, a movie financing company affiliated with the Chinese government that is now affecting uh, the content of our beloved uh, motion pictures. Controlling our pop culture. It is at How once... Dare you? At once, utterly stupid and meaningless and really troubling. Yeah, I know. It's uh, something. And because there's money to be made, people are overlooking it. Yeah, it you know, it's funny. Was it Khrushchev? One of your uh, Soviet uh, premiers, one of the strong men back in the 20th century, said, we will sell you the rope that you'll hang yourself with, um, or something to that effect. Um uh, they couldn't make good on that because they're you know, not as good at communism as the Chinese are. The Chinese will do that. They will sell us the tainted cell phones and the corrupt computer programs right. and, and, and whatever else that will be our undoing. If there's any foreign power that can screw this country faster than we're screwing ourselves, it's China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because we, we haven't talked about the budget deal much. We need oh, to talk please. about that no, later. Nobody wants to hear about that. China can't do that to us. We're no, doing that no to I won't let you. I won't let you talk about you it. Know, we shouldn't. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Polls show people don't care. Hey, the Republicans kids and kill, the kids that are going to be just murdered with, with unbelievable debt and interest and taxes, breathtaking taxes. Screw them. It's their fault for being kids and not voting. We'll give That's you the, what I say. We'll give you the ten cent version of the story, the 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 dime, not the Chinese company. Um, uh, uh, in case you don't know it, about how now both parties have just said, eh, we'll just we'll, we all get what we want, right? We'll worry about paying for it later. If you want to see the new jacket, you can watch me watch the new Maverick trailer at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Fantastic. That's good stuff. <laughs> watching <laughs> Sean watching the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Police in Utah recently responded to a report of a burglary in progress and instead found a turkey had broken through a window. Which just proves turkey burglars aren't as good as regular burglars. Is that a joke? Turkey burgers, not as good as regular burgers. Turkey burglars, not as good as regular... I mean, explaining, you're already losing. Right. A joke was a joke of a joke. Um, We're going to talk to a journalist about what we can expect out of the Mueller testimony tomorrow. If anything, that is newsworthy. Still don't quite understand what's going on there, but... Uh, yeah, the more I learn, <clears throat> the lower my expectations get. I have seen a number of uh, high-profile Democrats admit that it's a risky move. It could blow up on their face. It could end up being a gift to the Republicans 
at worst, and and then and then nothing is fairly likely. Well, see, I want and it to be is terrible. Likely. So to finish my thought, the lower my expectations get, the higher my expectations get, well, because confusing. I want it to be disappointing. So I'm working my way through this New Yorker cover story about Al Franken that's getting a fair amount of attention, and I, I think it's worth paying attention to just to remember the way human emotions work and crazes work and, and the whole lemming thing and herd mentality and, you know, the Salem witch trials and all kinds of different stuff. Well, you get to hanging lemmings because they're thought to be witches. Last week, Pete Boot, Boot Edge Edge. Edge Edge, they say. Edge Edge. Because this New Yorker piece came out, and um, and it's focusing on the idea of whether Minnesota Senator Al Franken should have resigned when a couple of fairly flimsy and minor hashtag Me Too stories about him came out. Yeah. And it was right in the midst of when this was the hottest thing in America, and people were falling left and right, and he ended up resigning as U.S. Senator. And now everybody's saying, whoa, wait a second, was that a good idea, or did we go too far, what happened? And uh, Pete Buttigieg said, I wouldn't have asked him to resign, and he got some pushback and some heat for that. And uh, he said he believes in due process. Well, um, part of this New Yorker article says there are, the author interviewed seven Democratic senators who set on the record and gave explanations for why they now regret having pushed Al Franken out of the U.S. Senate. Wow. Seven! Mm. That are willing to go on the record and say that was a mistake. Saying I got caught up in the moment, or I, I took the advice of my peers in the media, or, you know, in retrospect, one senator saying it's the worst thing I've done in 45 years in the Senate. I'm mean, just saying something. Yeah it, yeah, it was, it's so easy. Remember this in your own personal life, your family, at work, politics, whatever. It's so easy to get caught up in a, in a hysteria of something. Right. And then look back on it and say, wow, how did that happen? You know, one of my favorite phrases is almost getting a little tired, virtue signaling. But people have this desire to to really make a show of how righteous they are. And it seems like the concept of a sincere apology has just died. You can't, that's not enough. Somebody stating openly and, 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 and you know, courageously, what I did was wrong. It was wrong for these reasons. I regret it. I vow I shall never do it again. I mean, unless you committed a series of murders or burnt down an orphanage or something like that, I mean, you've got to accept that. You've got to understand everybody's flawed. I mean, if something, if somebody does something terribly horrific, takes bribes from the Chinese communists or something like that, you got to throw them out of, of office. But yeah, for making the "I'm pretending to squeeze your boobies," you know, picture, idiotic, juvenile. Perhaps sexist, although I've known plenty of women who do silly stuff like that. From and if you're bothered by it in Minnesota, don't vote for him next time he comes up for election. Thank you. Well said. We have and a process. And that's the end of it. Right. Not There have only been three U.S. senators, I think, ever resign in the history of our country. It's just it's a very rare thing. And in all cases, I mean, they were full-on guilty of, of uh, you know actual crimes, right. taking bribes and various things. Um, and this was just unseen. Patrick Leahy, he said, uh, one of the biggest mistakes I've made in 45 years in the Senate, Heidi Heidkamp, senator from North Dakota, Heidi, said... Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Camp. 
said, if there's one decision I've made that I would take back, it's the decision to call for his resignation. It was made in the heat of the moment without concern for what exactly was. Tammy Duckworth, Democratic Senator for Illinois, said, I should have been, it should have been allowed to move forward the Ethics Committee investigation instead of running him out of town. Uh, another yeah. senator said, we needed more facts. That due process didn't happen is not good for our democracy. Yeah, I'd say so. Wow. Wow. It's all remember this, people. The next time we all get fired up about anything, calm down a little. You know, I realize that makes us bad talk show hosts our whole thing of, you know, this is not actually a crisis. We're going to be fine. <laughs> We're bad at our jobs. But, man, we need a little more of that, don't we? Just and it's not because I'm cooler a, heads. Not because I'm an Al Franken fan. He and I oh, couldn't no. have more different politics. No, but I'm not a fan at all. We start running out duly elected U.S. senators over uh, whatever the whim of the day is. Right. We got problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to be shaking his head sadly. He is. He is exactly what he. He yeah. said. He, he said every day people ask me about it on the street. He said almost everybody says I shouldn't resign. The author of the article said, do you think you should have resigned looking back? He said, absolutely not. I wish I hadn't resigned. I wish I had taken it all the way to the ethics committee. You know, he plays a role in this. He didn't have to resign. Right. Although, if all your colleagues say, look, you're not going to be on any committees, so we're not going to pay any attention to oh, you. Oh, yeah, they went full <laughs> on turning on their own, uh, you know, PAC member and snarling and biting him. We're giving you zero dollars for a re-election campaign. In fact, we're going to fund an opponent against you. You're the worst human being ever. <laughs> if I had it in my power to cut you up with knives, I would do it. I would like to see you burn at a stake. We're considering shooting you into space to honor the 50th exactly. anniversary of the moon landing. I'd like to see you skinned. <laughs> Am I misremembering the 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 kind of conversational landscape that this happened in, where this was very much during the uh, kind of Trump era stuff, and the Democrats seemed to be very concerned about having anything yep. that, that was they, part of it. We That's need good, to maintain good the moral high ground. We, we need to be pure. We can't even have it a, a whiff of this in anything we do if we're going to go after I'm him. I'm glad you brought that up, because that definitely played a role. I remember people talking about that at the time. We want to be able to go after Trump in the next election as being you know bad to women, and we can't do that if we got you around. Right. So, right. Okay. So it wasn't just uh, an explosion of, of over-moral, you know, whatever, virtue signaling. It was also a cold political calculation, and they sacrificed poor old Al on the altar of winning against Trump. How'd that go? I don't remember. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.